It's been six years since I graduated high school. And even in dental school, I feel as though I haven't figured out school just yet. School never really shows you how smart you are. It does a better job at highlighting how much of a hard worker you are, though. And in order to discover your true potential as a student, whether if it's in school or the work field, is to know your habits and how you comprehend information the best. If I'm being honest, I've yet to figure out myself as a student. I struggle when it comes to school, and I can admit that, okay? So this episode is strictly for me and anyone else who struggles with school. So all you accelerated program-ass motherfuckers, go away. This is for all the kids who never reached that 3.0. All the kids who were told they weren't good enough because they struggled with keeping up in class. And for all those kids who were left behind in their schools and couldn't afford a tutor. If you fall somewhere in those three categories, then you've come to the right place. Remember those marshmallow tests that our teachers told us about in elementary school? If you don't know, in the 1960s, Stanford conducted a social experiment amongst elementary school kids. The test consisted of a child being placed in a room with a marshmallow for 15 minutes. The child is then told that if they wait for the whole 15 minutes without eating the marshmallow, they get a second marshmallow. However, if the child eats that marshmallow, they won't get a second one. This test was meant to determine a child's success in life by testing their patience. After the test was over, these children were then tracked throughout their adolescence and teenage years to see how well they did in school and if they went to college. Scientists discovered that those who waited for the full 15 minutes were more likely to go to college than those who ate the marshmallow before the 15 minutes was up. This is only one of many examples of children being tested on to determine their worth in society. Of course, there's the career test where you take a test online and they determine what career you'll most likely end up with in the future, amongst many others. I never liked these tests because it's so hard to determine a person's potential, especially when they're too young to even know what potential means. Society is so quick to try to identify the gifted students in the sea of regular students so that they can determine who to give all their time and resources to. And nine times out of ten, it's not the regular students. I came up with the concept of this episode from an episode of a TV show called Abbott Elementary on ABC. Abbott Elementary is about a public elementary school in Philadelphia, and the teachers attempt to provide the best education and opportunities to the students with little to no resources. In this particular episode that caught my eye, the main character, Janine, implements a gifted program in the school because she was a gifted program student when she was a kid. And in this gifted program, these students are learning about animal reproductivity. Janine, being the good-hearted teacher that she is, tries to order chicken eggs for the class so that they can see the baby chicks hatch, but mistakenly ordered snake eggs by accident. After the snake eggs hatch and the kids evacuate the classroom, one of Janine's colleagues by the name of Gregory pulls Janine to the side and has a conversation with her. Instead of paraphrasing what Gregory said, I'll just play you the clip in hope that I don't get copyrighted. Look, I can appreciate what you're trying to do here, Janine, but it's not working. I think we should get rid of the gifted program. Gregory, I can't believe you're saying this. 
thought you liked the gifted program. Like earlier when you, well, I guess you never said you liked it. Well, look, you know, I tried to give the kids not in the gifted program a little bit more attention and it didn't work out this time, but I still feel that if we nurture our most gifted minds. See, when I was a kid, I didn't get into the gifted program, like not even close. Made me feel like school was only for kids who were good at taking tests, which I was not. So I checked out. I don't know what to say. The point is, when you give some kids chickens, other kids are gonna get snakes. And if you get snakes for long enough, that's what you think you deserve. I was definitely a student left behind. Like, I definitely should have been held back a few times to fully comprehend what was being taught. I mean, I didn't learn my multiplication until I was 12 years old. I didn't read my first book until I was 13. I didn't get my first A until I was like 16. Shoot, I still don't know how to type on a computer without looking down at the keyboard. Now, I may have been a late bloomer, but I eventually caught up to speed around seventh grade. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. Now, if you're still listening to this episode, I want you to answer this question in your head. What is your learning type? If you couldn't answer that question because you honestly don't know, don't trip. I got you. There are a plethora of learning styles, but I'm going to talk to you about the main four. Visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and reading, plus writing. Visual learners prefer to see the information and visualize it in their heads. These type of learners like to see charts, pictures, and maps. If you're a visual learner, a good tip to be successful is to use color coding, meaning use different colors to highlight your notes, or you can use flashcards with pictures. Next is the auditory learners. Auditory learners like to use their ears and listen to the information rather than reading it. If you can always remember what somebody said, then you're an auditory learner. A good tip to be successful as an auditory learner is to read out loud, converse with groups about the topic, or listen to podcasts and recordings of the topics. Next up is the kinesthetic learners. Kinesthetic learners learn best by being hands-on. Normally, kinesthetic learners don't like to sit in class for hella long. They'd rather be in the action. A good tip to be successful as a kinesthetic learner would be studying for short blocks of time, like 15 to 20 minutes with five minute breaks in between. Another good tip is to role play. Act out what you're learning and apply it to the real world. Last but not least is the reading slash writing learners. Now, reading slash writing learners obviously learn best by reading and taking notes. These are the students who read a whole book and then write a full summary about it to fully comprehend and summarize what they just read. Some tips to be successful as a reading slash writing learner is to read everything your professor gives to you and write as many notes as possible to show everything that you learned in physical form. Remember in high school, there was always that kid who just did perfect on every assignment. They did all their homework, took all the AP classes, and always got A's on every assignment. Well, I interviewed that kid. I sat down with an old friend and former teammate from high school who, in my opinion, was the top of our class. I mean, I didn't know a GPA could go higher than a 4.5 until I met this guy. I wanted to know what the secrets were to being a good student and what better way to find out than to ask my guy, Ryan Lee. I want to know, was school ever hard for you? Not, it wasn't the most hard for me because I feel like, well, my parents basically gave me a lot of extra like tutoring outside of school. Mm. So from an early age, I was kind of put into these like 
programs like outside of school, like on the weekends or something, maybe just like a Saturday afternoon. So I kind of always had a little bit of a leg up once I got into school. Mm-hmm. So things like math, uh, English and stuff like that. The stuff that I was doing outside of outside of school was like a little bit harder than stuff I was doing in school. So mm-hmm. it became, once I got to school, I was like, oh, this is not too bad. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say like every single class or every single test was super easy for me in school. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like for, for the most part, I feel like I didn't really doubt my ability in school until college. Mm. Like even if something was hard in high school or middle school, I know that if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to get an A. I kind of had that confidence. You know, high school and middle school was kind of, it was easy. Not easy to where like, oh, you could get an A in everything because then I would have got an A in everything. But there was a formula. Yeah. It was kind of like study, for me at least, it was study, do the homework, take the test, show up to game day. Yeah. That was the whole like schedule for high school and middle school. That was the easiest. That was that was guaranteed to give me at least a B. Right. And then it was like when I got to college, it was kind of like, oh, you thought you could do the same thing. Like <laughs> it was kind of like high school. The best way to succeed was work hard. And it was mostly like work hard. Yeah. For high school for me. And then once I got to college, it was like, oh. You thought working hard was all you all you needed? Like, no, that's just what you need to get through the door. That's the minimum. That's the minimum. Just to, that, That's the qualifying factor. And then once you get here, it's kind of like, no, you got to learn how to work smart. Yep. Learn what are your study patterns. Right. Learn your attention span. Learn all of these different things, and then you can succeed. Right, right. I, I think uh, I definitely had that similar, like, realization once I got in college. The idea of, like, working smart because – I feel like a big difference between like high school and college is in high school, everything you're tested on, you learn, you probably learned about in class or like you probably had to practice in homework or something like that. It was kind of a guarantee. If you, you pay attention, you do your homework, you're going to know every possible thing that's going to be tested on. In college, they, in lectures, they maybe cover like, like half of what they're going to cover on a test. And everything else is like, uh, it's going to be like, through like extra reading that might be like optional or maybe something that you have to do studying on your own for. Um, so you really have to learn about like what parts do I have to, to study to get like, you know, a passing grade, a B or like the, like the minimum amount of work I need to do to get like the grade that I want. What was that outlook on school for you when you were younger? I think the importance of school was kind of like really ingrained in me pretty early just because my parents were that was like their fundamental thing that they taught me mm-hmm. like almost almost beyond being a good person they're like you have to do well in school first or like you're not gonna like go anywhere in life um and that's like from a young age too so like you know as a as a young kid like I hear that I'm super freaked out so mm-hmm. I definitely treated you know getting good grades as like the first thing that I did at school. And then once I did that, like, you know, making friends, you know, hang out with them. That was like the reward from like getting the good grades. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it was a little bit different mentality. Like it's, I've always grown up knowing that, that I had to do well, um, you know, even to the extent of like, you know, uh, or even at the detriment of my mental health at some points, mm-hmm. it was just so like reflexive for me to just, just try to do the best in school, try to be the best in school. You have one sister, correct? Yeah, that's right. And it's only the two of you guys? It's only two siblings? Yeah, two siblings. 
And do you think that it was a little bit different being the youngest? Do you feel like they, do you feel like they instilled all of the energy of like, no, you have to do well in school on your sister first, and then it kind of translated down to you? Or do you feel like it just started with you? I think they definitely instilled it in both of us. But honestly, I feel like it was a little harder on, they were a little harder on me because I was a, I was a guy and my sister was a girl. Mm. So, you know, my parents are immigrants. They're like, they believe in like some more traditional uh, gender roles and stuff. So they, they kind of figured, you know, if my sister doesn't end up like doing well in school, having a successful career, then she'll marry someone who does. Whereas me as a guy, I have to do well in school. Like I, there's no, there is no option for me to be a caretaker at home. You know, I I'm mm-hmm. have to be the breadwinner. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a little different. Did it ever bring any feelings of like, yo, this is a lot? Yeah, I'd say so. Because, you know, when you're in high school, you're, you're 14. You're like a kid, you know? Yeah. And just have, just thinking that every single class I take grade is going to make a difference in like whether or not I get into this good school. It, it definitely felt like a lot, but um, I, I just did it. I was just, you know, it was just, it was kind of routine at that point of just going through school. So I kind of just sucked it up, uh, you know, definitely led to probably some mental health problems later down the line. Uh-huh. I'm, I, I'm not afraid to admit that now, but mm-hmm. it, ultimately uh, I was able to to get through it. Do you feel like schools should put more of an emphasis on student mental health, paying more close of attention to like, okay, we're giving them all this work, but like, I need to pay attention to like subtle signs, like the student isn't showing up or like they're showing up late every day or they're going through this and the other. Oh yeah. 100%. Because when you think about it, like when we're at that age, middle school, high school, we're, we're just like fresh out of puberty. We're learning who we are. We're also given all this pressure to do well in school. A lot of kids like back then, like, you know, mental health was a thing, but it wasn't really a thing that a lot of people really like talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably better now, but back then people, there was a lot of kids who were probably were depressed. I was probably depressed, but we never really like had that even consideration that that was a thing. So I, I definitely think that that should be something that's, given a lot more resources. Cause from what I remember, we had like one counselor in high school, maybe two. Yeah. We had one. Yeah. And like, you know, you can, our schools are pretty small, but like one counselor for like 500 students, that that's like, that's crazy. And like, this is like a little anecdote of mine. I was always placed next to like students who generally didn't do super well in class. So they would, the teacher would always sit, put them next to me. So hopefully I would like help them out, be a good influence. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they would just cheat off of me or like they would, you know, yeah. they wouldn't do their homework and they would just try to copy off of me in the morning. And then uh, at the time I was just kind of pissed. I was like, yo, these kids are just cheating off. Me. Like, <laughs> I did, why do I got to do this homework and they're not doing it? Yeah. Like, come on, man. But, uh, you know, as, as I kind of got to know them more, I realized that they have a lot more stuff going on, like outside of school that I don't have to deal with. So the fact that, my outside of school life was so stable. I was able to actually just put a lot of energy into doing well in school. But if you, if you're coming from a background where, you know, like maybe you have to like travel really far to get to school, you take the bus, you know, that's like an extra hour, two hours in your day. 
you go home, you're tired. You don't want to do, you don't, you don't, of course you don't want to do your homework. You're tired. I realize that if we're able to help these students out, like in things outside of school too, or just help them kind of deal with their problems outside of school while they're in school, then that'll probably help them with their in-school performance too. People don't realize like most, I feel like most of a student's success from school is based on of their outside of school life. Most definitely. I would say maybe like, maybe like two thirds, maybe even more of that. That's definitely one thing that I think the American education system can like really invest into just, you know, more mm-hmm. counselors, having people check in on students with their mental health and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And really not just, you know, students cheat, look at them holistically as a person and not just kind of just punish them and then make them even more angry about going to school. And like, is this going to lead to, it's like a downward spiral at that point. At what point was it where you were like, all right, the reason why other students may be doing not so well is because they have outside issues. Yeah. So like, I think in high school, I would have some people in my pride who would kind of just talk a little bit about their family situation. Mm. Um, and they, they, when they talk about it, they didn't seem like they were affected by it, but they were like really, you know, they're bad situations. And like, as a teenager, of course it would affect you. And, you know, this was also a person who like, you know, didn't do super well in school too, but I saw that he was a super smart dude. I felt that if he probably had a better situation outside of school, he probably could have been in my position. Mm-hmm. Like the only difference is, you know, my outside of school life was just a lot more like stable and I had parents who like really supported me in school and whatnot. You know, it's crazy that you, that you mentioned um, whoever that person may be that they were smart, but they just weren't doing well in school. I definitely would notice that not even just from high school, but also through when I got to college is that there would be students who like extremely smart, like they would teach, they would teach me about so many things. And when it came to classes, when it came to academics in general, they wouldn't do so well. And originally I would be like, I don't get it. Like, what's the, what's the disconnect? But what clicked for me was like, maybe something about the sit in a chair, listen to someone talk for over an hour and then take notes and do homework and do all of this. Maybe that just was where somewhere in that process, it just was like, all right, I can't do this. And that leads me to a question. Do you think that there is a difference between academic smart and just like intellectual in general, whether it may be in like music or intellectuals in sports or anything else? Like, what do you, do you think that there's a big difference between those two? Doing well in school is just like one type of intelligence, I would say. A really concrete example about like how, academic performance doesn't always necessarily mean like you're more intelligent is if you look at the correlation um, between like uh, SAT scores and like household, household income. So Hmm. basically as household income is higher, those students have higher SAT scores. Hmm. Well, the reason is these kids aren't necessarily smarter. They learn to develop skills to do well in these tests because they take like classes and stuff outside of school. Like in my experience, I just learned to get really, I learned how to game school almost. I learned how to study. I learned how to take tests and that's why I did well in school. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I was like super, super intelligent in everything. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you mentioned like athletics, like 
you know, I was on the JV, we were on the JV basketball team one year. I yes, was a, we were. I was a bench warm, dude. I was like, when I play basketball, dude, I have no basketball IQ. Like, <laughs> I remember there's at some points I'd be like, oh, I think I'm a smart person. Maybe I'll be like a smart basketball player too. Mm-hmm. Completely different type of Very intelligence. Different. Yeah. That's probably like the most, that's probably one of the, the first moments where I realized like there, there's a wide variety of types of intelligence. And just because you're really good at one of them doesn't mean you're going to be good in the other types. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely remember those days. And, uh, you know, one joke that I remember one one of our teammates once said was, it's, it's crazy how, like, the, the students with, like, the highest grades are the bench warmers on the, the team. <laughs> yeah. And then the students, like, with the lowest grades are getting the most playing time. Yeah. And, like, in the time, I, like, it was a joke. But, like, growing up, I'm like, well, it's because, like, their intelligence was in something else. Yeah. Like, the, like, just the... Because even when I got to college and I was playing basketball, I would read the plays and I would be like, just the ability to look at the play and add your own variation and then adapt, take that play that's on the board or on a clipboard and put it into real life is a whole skill that like so many people don't know how to do. Oh, yeah. So that is, that's that's like one example. Another example is just like, because I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to learn how to play the piano and I don't know what any of those music notes mean, but just the ability to read them and know like where to fit the hi hat in, where to fit the bass in and all those different things, it's a different skill than just like what we do in class. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like uh it it feels like you're working just like an entirely different part of your brain. Mm-hmm. Because when you're when you're taking different classes even if they're different subjects, you can kind of, it feels like you're activating the same part of your brain in terms of how you're trying to learn the the material. But, you know, I've also like dabbled in like trying to learn how to like play piano or like produce a little bit, but it's just like, it just doesn't come naturally at all. And like, cause I haven't really practiced developing that type of intelligence before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's completely different. Normally, I give a full interview right after I release the initial episode, but unfortunately, I lost the file to the full interview that I did with Ryan, so you guys kind of just have to settle for the 10 to 13 minutes that we talked, but no worries. He'll be back for another episode. Now, without further ado, let's get into our final word. Albert Einstein once said, everybody's a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Just because you didn't do well in school doesn't mean that you're stupid or useless. Sure, school teaches you basic concepts of maintaining a job or a business, but I promise you the most important lessons are the ones that you learn outside of the classroom. Your individuality, creativity, and intellectual freedom is what makes you gifted and special. I don't choose my friends because of how they did in high school or college. I choose my friends because of their personality, sense of humor, and emotional intelligence. All the things that they weren't praised for as kids, I see and acknowledge. And I hope we can one day live in a world where we highlight a person's heart and compassion just as much as we highlight their mind and success. A world where we value a student's creativity just as much as we value their test scores. A world where fish are no longer forced to climb trees.